I love things that are measurable, you know, and I would love to see realtors represent at least the same proportion of the ethnic minorities that, that live in our country and open the American dream to, to everyone. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents in our industry hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That's the question, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Pat Hyman, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Rockstar Nation, this is Aaron Muchastegui. I am back with Paul Morris for State of the Market number 50. You know, wow. so the, yeah. So there's, I mean, there's 900 and something episodes of real estate rock stars. The, you know, about a year ago, Pat started the state of the market where we talked about the news, you know, a lot of real estate based news and then talked about how, it, you know, how it applies to us and the, and lately everybody's favorite has been the news. And I, and I guess it's not that surprising because there's a lot of news going on in our world. I, I remember doing the news back in January with Pat and we were talking about, you know, could coronavirus change the market? Like we're reading these articles. We're like, I don't know. Let's talk about this. And then you think so many months later and you go like 2020 right now, it, has this felt like like three years in, in, in one? Like, isn't that crazy? It really has. And we've, we've gone through what one thing that is a good perspective is that when, when times are good, people forget that times were ever bad. And when times were you know, this, everything's a phase in other words. Right. And so when times are really bad, people think, is this ever going to get better? And the answer is yes. Right. When times are amazing, things are going to cycle. That's why I call them business cycles, you know, yeah. and, and we forget even people that are old enough to be through many business cycles forget. But yeah, this, this, this will, this will change. It is 90 days ago. I was in Maui. And I had just gotten to Maui and the, and it was like, there was not a worry in the world. There was more people there than I'd ever seen more wealthy business booming people, you know, partying and enjoying vacation than I'd ever seen 90 days ago. And the, so we'll get to go over some news today, but man, it is just a fraction of the news that's going on out there in the world. The, you know, um, we got to talk to uh, a great agent, Rod, yesterday out, out from LA. You know, Paul, you're out in LA. We are, we are seeing so much stuff going on. At first, it was, you know, quarantine. And now there is a whole bunch of, you know, race issues happening out there and race, you know, progress and, and protests and everything else. And there is, it's almost tough to even talk about real estate news right now for us because there's so much worldly stuff. We're going to do our best to try to dig into the news that we think still applies. The news that is, you know, that that is changing on a weekly basis because we also want to st- we want to stay current and relevant with everything that's out there. So I think I think the listeners are going to be happy with the data and the things that we're providing today. And really, I can't. I'm just ready to get started. Yeah, yeah, crazy, uh, crazy times, Un- uh, seemingly unprecedented times. Until you look, you know, I, I always go to you know what's the historical precedence for this and. You know, it's amazing that uh, 1968, you know, obviously very, uh, very famous time for rioting and, uh, and what t- took place then. Interesting that, you know, we had a space launch from SpaceX and uh, there was an Apollo space launch, obviously, in 1968. And, uh, and there was also Hong Kong flu in 1968 that, uh, that, that killed 100,000 people. So there, there's some weird... Dude, it's- 
That is fascinating. Yeah. It's like it mm-hmm. skips a generation too, because it was 50 years ago. Like change yeah. happens, big things change. Right now, we are in the middle of some history happening. Yeah. This, there's a big stuff happening. Yeah, but yeah. Every yeah, and in '68, mainly, you know, mainly focused in. I mean, it, it spread out over the over the over over you know to 110 U.S. cities. So it really spread out. But it started in Washington D.C. 1968, obviously, uh, with the assassination of uh, Martin Luther King on on yeah. April. 1968, and there was four-day riding. Uh, interesting that um, the riding was much shorter in duration, and and also uh, you know a lot deadlier. The, the the number of deaths. I haven't seen what you know what the deaths were, what the death toll was for this particular. Uh, what's going on now? And it's not over. You know, uh, we're now weeks into it. It's not over, but it was it was very. Uh, very, very deadly, very violent and deadly uh, in, in almost all of the other, uh, the riots that, that took place. Yeah. You know, just seeing that, I mean, if you turn on the news, you're going to see the videos of the craziest part and the, and the fires and, and everything else. But, the, but don't forget to see those pictures of how many people are out, like, marching and protesting and, like, the, some of the biggest just it's fascinating time we're living in the we all just need to inf, you know and this is like we talked about uh, on the podcast that went live yesterday was like inform educate and empower right like that is that is the life that we're doing and the best any of us can do is try to inform and educate ourselves because not just that is going on there's business there's changes you know the the first article in Inman i wanted to talk about so the it says this just came out and it said the compass ceo encourages agents to spend billions with black vendors. He's inviting his, his company, Robert Refkin, is inviting his company's approximately 15,000 agents to guide 15% of their spend to black-owned companies or vendors. Now, throughout history, there's been a lot of uh, things like this. You know, there's, uh, I don't even know what, what the word for it is, but proactively trying to, you know, right wrongs uh, by being you know, more proactive toward the solution. The, what do you think about what Compass is doing? And, you know, and you have a huge brokerage out in LA. I mean, as, as a reminder, how many thousands of agents work for you? Yeah. So the, how big is your office? Yeah, so we, uh, our forward living uh, sub-brand of Keller Williams has 3,000 realtors, uh, mainly, in, mainly in Los Angeles. And uh, our, our three regions, which, which I run out here, have 8,000 realtors. So quite, quite a, a large swath. We're the we're the number one market share in Los Angeles. So we we represent a lot of uh, a lot of folks for sure. Rockstar Nation, this is Aaron Muchastegi. Hey, I hate to interrupt the current podcast that you're listening to, but I am so excited to share this with you. I just finished interviewing the original host of this podcast, my good friend Pat Hyben. You know, I got to talk to Pat about how he started his real estate career and a whole bunch of tips and tactics that he used to be successful. So if you haven't listened to it yet, go check out State of the Market number 49. On there, I get to talk to Pat about all those different things. You know, And in there too, he talked a lot about his six steps for seven figures book and training program that he built over the last couple of years. And I realized I haven't done a good enough job of reminding all of you lately about all of the resources that we've built for you out there. So if you want to check out Pat's course, we've got like a three minute summary video when you go to it. It includes so many easy to follow tips that you can follow on it like a day to day basis. You can email reminders, all sorts of different things that come with that course. You find that you go to rebusuniversity.com, R-E-B-U-S, rebusuniversity.com. 
look at courses you can find the six steps for seven figures book and really there's a whole bunch of other courses in there too our normal prices used to be fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars a course these are real deal professional courses but now uh, during quarantine a lot of them are priced down like 90 bucks 95 bucks so we've slashed the prices so we know right now is the time for everybody to be focusing on growth and education especially while they're feeling like they don't have as much to do and if you go in there and you figure like there's a lot of different courses you want Maybe you don't want to buy the a la carte. You can go to futureofrealestatetraining.com and you can get access to all of our different courses for 97 bucks a month. I think there's a discount on there if you go a year or there's even like a lifetime option that you can pay. You get access to every course we ever put on Rebus University for as long as we have it. So go check out those options, Rebus University or futureofrealestatetraining.com. All right, back to your podcast. Sorry for the interruption. So what do you think about Compass encouraging their agents to to, to you know spend their fifteen percent of their money to, to black vendors? So I think it's I think it's uh, I think it's a great idea. Uh, it feels a lot like when uh, we talk about buying local. You know, uh, that's that's change. You know, there there are there are there are big trade laws, right? And and one thing individuals can do is uh, vote with their dollars. And I, and I do think it's important, uh, you know, and I'll just take a little step back and say that, that we're not like any other industry. Okay. So there are yeah. lots and lots and lots of industries. Realtors represent the American dream and we've got to do our best to represent all of, all of society in this very important uh, aspect of, of, of industry. I, I really believe that it's a, you know, of course, you want healthcare to be doled out uh, fairly and evenly. That's super important. But in terms of businesses, you know, I, I can't think of another one that's more important. So, so you know, vote. Yeah, vote with your, you know. And, and when I lead a large group, one of the things, and I think, by the way, Robert Rifkin's idea is, is, is great. If someone came to me with that idea, I'd be like, oh, that's a great idea. How do you measure it? Uh, how do you make it happen? How does it become more than rhetoric? So, you know, I've, I've worked with people like Rod Watson, you know, who's, who's uh, one, of our, one of our local leaders who has obviously black American, has uh, experience, grew up in Houston, uh, has a lot of experience, firsthand experience that we don't have. So, so listening, you know, listening and learning and then, and then, and then taking some steps, you know, some important steps that, that, really, that really have changed and are measurable. One of the things that we're doing is we're implementing – uh, what the NFL calls the Rooney Rule, and of course, I'm from Pittsburgh, so uh, that is a Steeler thing. And 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 what it does is require an ethnic minority in the mix for hiring. And what's cool about that is, first of all, you can you can measure that. So every and we're doing this in our in our in our local markets um, with with everybody's agreement. You know, so the owners agree. Uh, Keller Williams, as a national system, is doing phenomenal stuff, and we're we're piloting it out here. And on a Rooney rule, it just means for senior management, we're just going to make sure that an ethnic minority is in the mix. So let me tell you, that is not a hiring quota. It's not even affirmative action. All it is is an interview requirement. Okay. And, and so, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll just say this to you. One of the things that I learned personally was I was able to say, I'm not racist. Okay. I can look into my heart and say, I'm not racist. So therefore... I'm fine. I'm not part of the problem. And that was very short-sighted. And so what can we do? And, and, and I talked to a bunch of owners and go, well, why aren't we better represented? Why don't we have more minorities represented? You know, one of the answers that I got from other folks was, well, 
you know, we haven't had people raise their hand, ethnic minority raise their hand and say, oh, consider me. Well, maybe because they don't know they would be considered, or maybe there could be a hundred reasons, but let's forget the reasons. Let's just get an ethnic minority into the mix. That's going to force me to look a little deeper into my own roster, to look a little further out into the field when I do some hiring. And just like the NFL, I know that will make changes over time. Yeah. Yeah, the, and it's measurable. Just like you said, finding something that's measurable out there. And for everybody out there, everybody can like vote with their dollars. So, you know, Compass is saying, hey, let's go, let's go find these vendors and spend their money. Just like a month ago, we were talking about, hey, go support local, go support small businesses because they were the ones that got hurt the most during quarantine. And so this is an, another example of that. Like people want to be able to do something. And as we're educating ourselves and saying, hey, let's, let's fix it. Let's, you know, what can we do to get into action? I think that the, what you guys are doing with the Rooney Rule is, uh, is a super cool way uh, to start to expand that. And I'm really excited to hear about all of the ideas that come out from all the different businesses. You know, and you got listeners that are out there, find us on social media and tell us what you're doing. You know, if you've got something that we should be sharing on here uh, to help people, we want to know about it. We want, to, we want to know what the signal is. So the next one on a, on a similar topic, right? So Inman posted, Zillow CEO Rich Barton signs letter supporting Georgia hate crimes law. Now, a lot of people would be like, well, duh, why hasn't that happened to the, to, you know, Georgia is one of the, you know, few, st- let me see what it said. It said Georgia is one of only a handful of states without a hate crimes bill on the books. And so, you know, Zillow, it's not real estate related, but, but the CEO of Zillow has big reach. He has a lot of listeners. And he said, what can I do? Hey, we can help sign on to this. We can help push this along with leaders of three national real estate companies signed a letter asking Georgia legislators to pass a hate crimes bill. The, did you check out that article? Did you see any of that this week? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in favor of, uh, of all the, all the talk and I'm, you know, I'm a, I have a weak spot for actual activity, you know, that goes beyond the talk that people are actually doing things. And, and it's great for our leaders to do that. Uh, one of the things that you and I talked about, and I really uh, applaud you for, for, you know, uh, letting us skip the line with Rod and putting Rod right up front is one of the things is people just said, Hey, you know, if you're not an ethnic minority, you know, one of the things we can do, like Rod said, is listen. Well, the best thing to do is like stop talking and let some people that have experience with this uh, talk and, and listen. And, and I, I, in one of the conversations that, and it was one of the pivotal conversations for me that took me from that, hey, here's the thing. I'm not racist. I don't have, I can, I can look in the mirror and say, I'm not part of the problem. And, 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 and it, and it, I'm embarrassed to say it took, it took, some education for me to, it took listening for me to figure out that I need to do way more than that. And one of the, one of the things that happened is I was talking to, it was when it was before the, the, the racial, racial tension and the George Floyd incident took place, but it was right when COVID had taken place. Mm -hmm. And I have a friend who is a mom. She is white. She is mom to, to multiracial kids. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and she was telling me, so here's a basically, basically, here's a white lady, right? There's a friend of mine talking to me and she's like, you know, I am troubled with this COVID thing because she has a son who's, uh, who's a point guard. I don't want to get too, too much detail. We'll figure out who it is. Yeah. She has a son who's a point guard at a major university. Um, and, and he's, you know, he's only a, a freshman, you know, he's 18, 19 years old, but he's a, he's a big dude. And he is, he looks like like a black American. And, and she said to me, you know, it makes me nervous 
with COVID that I have to like figure out what kind of mask am I going to put on him? And I was like, my mind was blown. I'm like, what, you know, what, what, you know, I would never have, I, I don't, I, you know, my daughter is 16. I'm not worried about what, I'm worried she's wearing a mask. Yeah. I'm not worried that she's walking through the neighborhood with a mask as a 16 year old white girl. And here's this, you know, woman that's like, she's worried for her, you know, six foot three, uh, you know, athletic, uh, smart, cool, wonderful young man that, that is, you know, multicultural and to put a, to put a, uh, a mask on him and have him walk through neighborhoods where he doesn't live. Cause he's away at college or was away at college. You know, I was like, my mind was blown. Yeah. As we, as we educate ourselves, as everyone out there educates themselves, I think we realize there is so much that we don't know. And so many things that people, regardless of, you know, just wherever they are in their lives, there are other people that live different lives. And when they are waking up, they're, they're concerned of different things than we are. You know, and, the, and sometimes people are concerned about stuff we would never even think about. And yeah, you're, you, you have to empathize as we get to learn and hear those stories. It's, um, you know, one of, the, one of the cool things about this bill, right? So people are like, well, hate crime laws. What, is, what does that do? Like, of course, people are going to get in trouble. And that's what people are marching for right now. They're marching for like justice, like, hey, have them get there. But one of the things that it says is when, you know, it, it doesn't just uh, beyond offering the victim their immediate circle of justice, it also, you know, protects uh, the victim's greater community, who's also fear of being targeted. So it's, it's, uh, it's not just punishing people that do things wrong, but there's extra things in there to try to protect people before something happens. Mm-hmm. And, the, and unfortunately, it takes giant events like this for people to go like, hey, let's do some more prevention. Let's actually like, like jump ahead and, and push that through. So the, I think we will see more of that stuff coming through as we continue to educate ourselves. And yeah, what a, what a story about your friend there is. Um, I think all of us out there have heard a lot of stories like that lately of going, wow, I never had to worry about that. I never. never yeah. One of the things that my wife said is the, um, what really hit her is, so we've got, we've got a son, right? That's four. And she said she never has to worry about if he goes, if he's like goes for a run that is, that his life is in danger. And the, and that's not the reality for all Americans out there. So sometimes it's as simple as educating ourselves of that and trying to go like, Oh, maybe I don't know everything. Maybe I can learn. And you said like recently you used to say like, Hey, I'm not racist and realizing that wasn't just enough. All of us out there are still learning. It's never too late to learn. And and we're going to just continue to try to learn more and more. And it's okay to change your mind sometimes as an adult, you know, there's so many times we lock into It's a very politically biased world that we live in. And we are, it is so normal for us to get locked in on our things and forget the reasons why. And I would just encourage all the adults out there, all of us to continue to learn and continue to be open to learning and open to changing and open to going, oh, I always thought that, but maybe I was wrong. When, when, when we started, like, you know, pulled our kids out of school years ago, that was the biggest thing. Maybe, maybe we were wrong. Maybe we can change our mind. Anyone can change their mind. That is uh, one of the freedoms that we get. Rockstar Nation, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. Hey, I hate to interrupt the current podcast that you're listening to, but I am so excited to share this with you. I just finished interviewing the original host of this podcast, my good friend, Pat Hyben. You know, I got to talk to Pat about how he started his real estate career and a whole bunch of tips and tactics that he used to be successful. So if you haven't listened to it yet, go check out State of the Market number 49. On there, I get to talk to Pat about all those different things. You know, And in there too, he talked a lot about his six steps for seven figures book and training program that he built over the last couple years. And I realized I haven't done a good enough job of reminding all of you lately about all of the resources that we've built for you out there. So if you want to check out Pat's course, 
We've got like a three minute summary video when you go to it. It includes so many easy to follow tips that you can follow on it like a day to day basis. You can email reminders, all sorts of different things that come with that course. You find that you go to rebusuniversity.com, R E B U S, rebusuniversity.com. Look at courses. You can find the six steps for seven figures book. And really, there's a whole bunch of other courses in there too. Our normal prices used to be $1,500 or $2,000 a course. These are real deal professional courses. But now uh, during quarantine, a lot of them are priced down like 90 bucks, 95 bucks. So we've slashed the prices because we know right now is the time for everybody to be focusing on growth and education, especially while they're feeling like they don't have as much to do. And if you go in there and you figure like, like there's a lot of different courses you want, Maybe you don't want to buy the a la carte. You can go to futureofrealestatetraining.com and you can get access to all of our different courses for 97 bucks a month. I think there's a discount on there if you go a year or there's even like a lifetime option that you can pay. You get access to every course we ever put on Rebus University for as long as we have it. So go check out those options, Rebus University or futureofrealestatetraining.com. All right, back to your podcast. Sorry for the interruption. One of the, you know, one of the business applications to that is that as soon as we have what you're talking about is a, a fixed perspective and you can have a fixed perspective in so many ways and adults really suffer from it. And that goes, that goes for business too. As soon as we are like, Hey, my business is X and I know to get it, you know, it's, it's doing great. And to get it a little, you know, to get a little more production in my real estate sales business, you know, I need to just do a little more of what I was doing. Okay, great. Well, that's what we have real estate rock stars, right? You know, is, is bringing these people on and you might be listening to a 28 year old. You might be 48. You might be listening to a 28 year old. Don't, you know, you're not even listening to this if you have a fixed perspective because you're open to the, well, what are they doing? You know, I may have nine out of t the 10 things that they're doing mastered, but you know, I'm going to look for that one thing. And, and yeah. it's, it's a great business. Uh, it's a great business tool set also is to, is to come with it, you know, I mean, in yoga, they say come with a beginner's mindset or, or uh, you know, or a, a student's mindset. Yeah, the uh, there is it's a great way. Of, it's a great way to live life, right? It's a, it's great in business. It's great in these other times. Some topics are bigger than others, and they take some extra things. But yeah, continue learning. And you're right. Anyone that's listening to this, they already they're trying to learn. They're out listening to podcasts. They're watching us on YouTube. All right, next article said the it's a slightly different uh, you know mood out there, but this is this goes more to you know quarantine. This Caldwell Banker CEO on the future of offices, less rent, more happy hours. The company's been re-examining re the best use and layout of its 700 offices to maximize effectiveness and allocate savings. It said. You know, many companies are rethinking office space. Caldwell Banker was already in the process of re-examining its physical spaces when it hit. We're going to maximize the effectiveness. So they say the space needs to do work. It's not just there. It's part of the value. You should never need to come to the office. You should want to come to the office for coaching, collaboration, connection, community, culture, and those things. But you should be able to work from anywhere. And the, um, you know, what do you, we've seen offices starting to change. The, what do you think of the, the comment of, you know, it's like you should, you, should, you should never need to come to the office. You should want to come to the office. What do you think about what Caldwell Banker's doing? Uh-huh. So I have a fixed perspective on that because uh, you know, <laughs> I really, you know, it's funny because this is why I come on this podcast, you know, a few others, but mainly, mainly this is it because this is what I do for a living. And I, I really have an idea of what works and the real estate of the future will be done. A lot of it will be done remotely and an important part of it will not be done remotely. And one of the things that I, you know, I study this, uh, you know, is 
is the virtual broker the wave of the future? And the answer is no. Um, why, why, why was Amazon building out, uh, Amazon, the ultimate uh, digital vendor, right, is building out, uh, is building out physical spaces, right? At the, at, the, at the new development, new mall in LA Pacific Palisades, where they have one of the top developers in the country and all of his numbers put him right at the top. One of the things they had was more new businesses in tiny little spaces. And they had a lot of online businesses that were very successful putting their first physical location there. So uh, different industries are different, but real estate will never be done wholly virtually, okay? And it will never be done the way it was done before, where you go into the office, you do all your work in the office. So owners, you know, as realtors demand to be paid more, right, as commissions get compressed as owners still brokers still need to make a living to make it happen. You will see physical space squeezed out of it. So I do believe the brokerage of the future is something that looks like, you know, we have a, we have a great uh, owner operator here that has a coffee shop. Um, you know, that's, that's going to be wave of the future. And then you'll have your, you have beautiful space, smaller space, much smaller space, you know, going from, you know, 15,000 square feet to 4,000 square feet. So the essential stuff, the essential services there, you know, mortgage escrow, uh, manager's office, a place to meet with your clients, but physical officing there uh, will, you know, go by the wayside more and more. Yeah. I love the, I love the idea of, I think, I think all businesses have the potential to create this hybrid business that says, Maybe it doesn't have to be the office for this anymore. You know, so you're saying, so no matter what, there still is going to be a need and a value of that physical location for people mm-hmm. to go to. But, that, but what does it look like now? Does it change a little bit? You know, I love doing trainings when everybody's in the room, when everybody comes together and they feel the energy and they're locked in and the phones are put away and everybody leaves there going, wow, I shut everything off for four hours and man, I learned so much. That it's been very difficult to mimic that remotely you know, trainings. We just did this giant summit, you know, we had hundreds of people on there, but it's very difficult to, to get people entertained the whole time. So I, but I like the idea of people relooking at that and saying, Hey, we still need some office space, but maybe we don't need a ton of cubicles. Maybe we need it for the stuff where it involves the team it involves being there in person and then giving everyone else the flexibility to come in or come out. I think that's going to, uh, yeah, adds efficiency, saves money. I mean, that's the other side of it, right? Like people want to save money on office space. That's been a huge expense that they've started, that they've realized maybe they don't need the same amount of it. And people outside the industry, you know, they all have the same question. And that is, you know, are realtors going to go away? People inside the industry stick their head in the sand and say realtors will never go away. Um, you know, you look at travel agents and travel agent, that, that, that's an industry that I look at that was totally decimated by technology. You know, and then you look at, uh, at something like a, you know, a cancer surgeon is not going to be totally decimated by technology. Now, realtors are not cancer surgeons, but here's the thing. Um, Houses are not, unless you're selling, you know, one of those plots that are just like everyone is identical. And even then people need to go and feel it and touch it before they buy a house. Uh, They had been selling jets, you know, private jets on eBay. Um, I remember Mark Cuban was the first guy, you know, he bought a private jet on eBay. I have bought, you know, used cars, you know, a slightly used car from 
on, on the internet and had it shipped to me. You know, so there's a lot of things you can do that with, but, but real estate is personal and it requires to the point where I'm supposedly a great real estate professional. And when I want advice, Hey, what's the, how's the housing market, you know, affecting my house right now? I go to the number one realtor in Santa Monica, which is not me. And I say, Hey, you know, what's going on? Because they really know the market. They know which houses sell, you know, if you're on a corner lot, what does that mean? If you've got a view, what's the percentage increase for that? You know, they, 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 they know it like the back of their hand. So it will be a, um, Tech enabled agent will be the agent of the future. And Keller Williams is big on that for sure. Tech enabled agent, but technology will not, it will not be uh, technology enabled by, you know, uh, technology that's helped by agents. It will be agents helped by technology. You know, when you, when you talk about buying a car on eBay or buying a jet on eBay or why I buy like golf clubs on eBay, I do it because ease of use and cost. It's going, to, it's going to make it really easy for me and it's going to save me money. And that's not always what people are looking for with real estate, right? Like the, there will be some people that do the iBuyer route because that is ease of use, right? But the, or, or that's quick or that's speed or things like that. But then they, there's that cost offset. You're right. Like the, so people saying, hey, house, house buying can be just like eBay. Uh, yes and no. Like I'm super excited about the technology that's out there. But the reason we like eBay is we're going to get it for cheaper. Why would you ship a car from somewhere else? Because you're going to save a thousand bucks. Not going to be the same as like, hey, if you buy this house online, instead of seeing it, you save a thousand bucks. Be like, I don't know. It's a house. Uh, the Yeah. So the I like that idea that, you know, the agent of the future and then that office of the future as that hybrid. So Let's start talking about the market. And, you know, I want to talk about stocks in a second, but the you know on Bloomberg, so Prashant Gopal came out with an article a few days ago. Um, now, this was a week ago, so the so the world is like wildly different a week later. Uh, to be fair, but it says the housing market has been surprisingly active during lockdown. So the you know so it talked about you know nationwide how many sales have actually been happening. You know contracts. You know so even though. You know, they, they went down to a, a record low in April. Everything started to come back up. You know, home building stocks are, are coming back as they're seeing it, you know, and the, uh, you know, and buyers are out there. And all of us have seen like transactions are happening. So I think overall, it's kind of an opinion piece that says, hey, it's, it's been surprisingly active during quarantine. Now, I don't know if, if over last week and the next couple of weeks, it will slow down because the world environment right now is, is, I don't know. I, th- I think it might impact it a little bit more uh, than quarantine did because quarantine people wanted to get out of their houses and there was so many things out there. But what has the market been like where you're at, right? So the so has it been surprisingly active in Santa Monica? It has. Uh, and, and one of the things, you know, I pulled up the California uh, uh, showings statistic because showings are really a... Uh, they're really a great leading indicator of what's going on. And, and the showings bottomed out at almost 70% below the baseline, where the baseline was the first week of January. And now we're now at 25% above that baseline. Uh, that baseline, again, being first week of January. So, you know, when we're in, when we're in, in first week of June, we expect that, uh, you know, we, ex- we would expect that. Uh, so we're, we're basically back on track. I know that there's a lot of pent-up demand. Um, I... I personally do not see things as going back to normal, uh, even though that leading indicator really shows normal. I think it's some pent up demand and people, uh, you know, people need to buy and sell no matter what the circumstances are. There are, there are still divorces, deaths, you know, people moving uh, for jobs, kids graduating and leaving, you know, empty nesters. So, so there's, there are great reasons to uh, buy and sell or must 
reasons to buy and sell no matter what. And there was some pent up demand. I, I, I see things slowing down. I also read lots of reports that we are, you know, we are in a recession. And interestingly, one of the things that happened um, by the time that the economists told us we were in a recession the last time, okay, we had already felt about one year of pain. So, you know, my business was, was greatly impacted and we were f- feeling quite a bit of pain already. So, you know, if there's any bright side to that, it's like by the time they tell you, you know, by the time they say, yes, we're in a recession, we, we have already uh, come through a piece of it. And I believe that's true also. And some of this is just little, little cycles. Yeah, you know, the, so like months of inventory in Texas has gone up just a little bit, right? So it's maybe had a 10% increase from, from uh, you know, March to April. We're waiting to see kind of the May numbers. But, but, you know, for a few weeks, we saw like biggest unemployment, you know, requests ever. But now we're actually seeing, like last week, it was like most jobs ever, you know, of people signing back up in a week. So we're, we're over the next few weeks, we're going to hit the timeline where, you don't get double unemployment anymore. People are actually incentivized to find a job and go back to work. Some locations are starting to try to open up again. And so we start to see, you know, there's some hope in that. So yeah, and seeing what, what will happen with the market. You know, I think there's, we've seen had a lot of predictions coming on here and people trying to figure out, you know, an extended winter or not. I'm really curious about what the May stats will be yes. in Texas. That's the market where, market where we're heaviest right now in, in all of our sales and, and houses you know, but the, but when you think about that, so I think when it comes to economics, we've started to have some decent news. So some decent news of, Hey, we've been in that recession for a little while. Hey, some jobs are coming back. Some people are starting to go back to work. You know, um, stock market seems to be feeling that too, right? Like you, you, you looked up some stats you were telling me before we got on and it's, it's kind of crazy. Like I don't, I'm not a stock market guy, but it's crazy when you actually think about the numbers, right? Yeah, we, we uh, Dow Jones closed today at uh, 27,272. And uh, the low point was 18,951. So we're at, uh, you know, we're at about 45% increase over that, over that bottoming out. It's just, it's a stunning, I would never, I, you know, I, like you, I'm not a stock market guy. I would have never predicted that uh, for sure. Yes. And I, I do like the, you know, I do like, and we get comments on this, so I, I enjoy it. And I'm glad, uh, I'm glad our listeners enjoy it too. Just the anecdotal stuff of like, oh, well, our experience, you know, I, I have a second house in, uh, in a, in a second home market, Palm Springs, you know, not people, people tend to live somewhere else and go to Palm Springs. That's the, that's the first one to go in a uh, down market. And I may, yeah. I, I would have said, if I were advising myself, I would have said, oh, you want to sell now? You're late to the game already. Yeah. Uh, but I went ahead and did it anyway. And I've got that house, you know, knock on wood in, in escrow uh, at full price. Now, full price was a little lower than I was hoping for, but I did, I did market it uh, somewhat aggressively. Last week, uh, I was in a different state. I was in uh, I was in Michigan actually, and and I drove to Indiana, which is not that far away. And I drove to Indiana so I could have dinner out. And uh, you know things things are changing. I went to a, I went to a really nice restaurant. 
with my girlfriend and we had dinner out. Um, it looked different. They had the tables all spaced out weird. They had hand sanitizer on the table. They were telling us what precautions they take. All the staff had masks. We did not have masks. We're not required to have masks on, but all the staff did. And I got to tell you, we really enjoyed it, of course. We'll see what happens if there's a sort of new spike with, first of all, with the, with the, with the riding, you know, you know, there was no social distancing, you know, with protesting and with peaceful protesting, no social distancing with rioting and, and looting. And, and we couldn't have imagined that uh, not long ago. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, we've, we've gone to a few restaurants now. We've gone out there. And, and I tell you what, the, you know, there, there's that pent up demand. And when you go out, you almost you feel like you're breaking some rules. You get a little bit nervous. But the but man, just getting to breathe and have a, have that sense of of normalcy out there is uh you know, is awesome. And, and yeah, you see the, the market coming up and that's awesome. You got your house in escrow. You know, the, um, I've, I've sold some houses, you know, that I listed after quarantine that I was like, Hey, I really want to sell it. And the, and I took, I did the same advice. I priced it to sell to make sure like, and it's just like any other market when it comes to that. Right. So when times are tough and there's, there's a lot of competition, you can, you know, you price aggressively, you over you market, you do a really good job. Like it's just not the transactions are happening. You got to work harder. You got to, you got to work better. You got to make sure it's priced right. You got to make sure the pictures look right. The, those secondary markets, the, I really wonder what's going to happen out in like Hawaii, right? Because Maui's a place where it's a very big second home market and they've been completely shut down for a few months. Whereas Airbnb is coming back in other, you know, states right now, uh, it has not come back there because people can't fly out there yet. So we will... And, and- People, you know, one of the things I think is important for our audience, for sure, is to let people know that I, I, I definitely see a disproportionate number of sales going to the top realtors. And if you're not the top realtor in your area, you're not getting these sort of one-off calls. I talked to the number one realtor in our area, and she told me, you know, even she, when she gets a list, she would win the listing most of the time, but, you know, she would go out and they would interview two or three people. Now she's getting the, hey, get over here and list the house. Um, and, and she's pricing it right and they're selling. So, you know, the top realtors are getting a disproportionate number of, uh, of sales right now. And what can folks do who are not the top realtors? And the answer is get active because most people are freaked out and they're waiting. They're in the waiting room. Okay. And the waiting room is not where it's where you sit and you wait for them to call your name. That's not where you want to be when you're trying to make an impact. And because most people are in the waiting room, you could be a mid-level agent and take real, ground share right now by getting very active. And I was doing these eye care messages, which I talk about, you know, I just talk about over and over and over again to get my folks to do it. That's, hey, reach out to your, reach out to your database, say, hey, I know it's crazy times thinking about you. I have morphed it because before it was like, it was such a shock to our system that, you know, first coronavirus, you know, you know, social uh, justice issues. And now it's like, hey, you know, we care about you, we're thinking about you, and let me know if you have any real estate needs. We have morphed to that. So uh, everyone should do what they feel comfortable doing. Uh, but now is uh, now's the time to be active no matter what you do. Yeah. The, well, and even if you believe the market is going to come back stronger soon or in two or three weeks, like you got to be when that, when that boom happens, like you got to be listed already by the time you're like, Oh, now's a great time to sell. It's too late. Like the people that are out buying, like we're looking at Texas foreclosures right now. And the, you know, some stats we didn't have as articles, but some stats that we know. So like in April and May, there was like 30 foreclosures that occurred statewide in Texas. Usually there's 5,000 scheduled 1500 occur. There's been 30 statewide two months in a row. Wow. 
Well, this last month we had like four to five times what we had. So for June, for the June auction, definitely not back to normal numbers, but we saw this huge spike from months prior, like five times before. So within a couple months, we'll, we'll, we'll start to see that get back to that kind of normal setting. And so it's, you see stuff starting to, you know, to change, to go back to that. And so it's almost, I think my point with that is it's almost too late to start getting in, back into foreclosures, right? Like people have a month or two, all of a sudden there's going to be 15,000 houses scheduled for auction. There's going to be two weeks notice. It'll be too late for somebody to get into the business. It's like, you got to start getting into the business now. You got to list your houses now for, you know, similar, you know, last article, the, which I think there's a lot of hope in this. So it says, you know, it was on MSN money. It says, what to do if you're for, if you're in forbearance, but still paying your mortgage. And so this is a really unusual twist, right? So 4.73 million borrowers are in forbearance. I don't know what the percentages are nationwide, but 4.73 million people reached out to their lender and said, I'm going to have trouble making my payments. Can I get a forbearance? Can you postpone or let me pay less? It, all that is is saying you're going to postpone your rental payments or you, sorry, your mortgage payments. And so 4.73 million, but the, as of July, 22% of them have actually been making their payments. So people got permission to not pay. And then it turned out a little bit better than they thought, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and then they, they got the unemployment or they got something else or they were able to keep working and they were like, oh, I can still pay my bills. Mm -hmm. So even though I don't have to pay my mortgage, 22% of people are choosing to pay their mortgage, even if they don't have to, which the recommendation in the article is like, that's a great idea because forbearance means you're going to have to pay it anyway. So if you're going to plan to sell your house, you're going to pay it when you sell your house. Uh, some people, you're going to have to pay it at the end of forbearance. There's different uh, kind of new laws depending on the loan types. Some loan types are actually going to be required to tack it on at the end. But, you know, there's, and what's interesting is there's no official explanation about why so many are actually still making their payments other than, I mean, the only thing that would make sense to me on that is that people, they, you know, they, they simply, you know, they got the permission, they did it, and then things didn't turn out quite as bad as they thought. The first week of, of quarantine, I was like, should I be cashing in my 401ks? You know, should I be paying the penalty? And I remember reaching out to somebody going, I'm going to pay, I'm going to pay the penalty. I'm going to cash that in early because I need to have as much as I can right now. And some of the stuff that I was in a panic to do, I did not do all the way because within a week or two, I was like, oh, that's great to have that option, but maybe I don't have to do it yet. That's great to have that option, but maybe I don't have to do it yet. And the, and we've seen that kind of work it, work its way out. So the, you know, so, you know, forbearance, canceling forbearance is an option. So that's the other thing too, as you guys are talking to your clients out there and seeing that people at this point, for the people that are able to make the payment, in some senses, it's kind of like having a, a you know, an, a, 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 not a loan where like a, 50, a 30 year loan, but you paid off in 15. Right. So they're, they're having the option, but they're paying anyway, but you can always just cancel it and say, Hey, I want to be out of forbearance because even, I don't know what the impacts will be when people try to get loans. People have said different things about, you know, their, their credit scores and things like that, but that's good. I mean, that's good news that the, yeah. that the people in forbearance aren't really taking it. Right. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I mean, if I were the, if I were advising them, you know, you ask for forbearance, you've got it. I understand why people do that. They don't want to increase their debt, which I, think is very smart. And at the same time, if you could put it the put the money aside uh, with discipline, then that's the problem, right? So people decide what they can afford based on how much is in their checking account. And if they pay that mortgage, right, then their checking account is down to a point where they know how to manage the money that's in there, uh, which I understand also. So uh, it's it's definitely good news for sure. I'm, you know, I'm not uh, as I look at news, I'm somewhere in the middle in terms of the optimism and the pessimism. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a lot, 
There's a lot out there. One of my business partners is incredibly optimistic. Gary Keller is uh, much more pessimistic, uh, certainly than my business partner. I'm somewhere in the middle. And I think you don't lose anything by being where Gary Keller is. And that's being more careful, spending a lot less and, and being careful. It's not, you're not going to get hurt by cutting your expenses right now. And it's what I've done for sure. It's just really like cut everything down to bare, bare minimum. Yeah. At the very beginning, the first week of this, we said, don't waste the crisis. Like it's a great time to go renegotiate things and the, and maybe it's going to get better. You can always add the lease expense back on. You can always start paying your mortgage again. But like, if you got the forbearance, some people are like, well, we don't know if they're still going to have their jobs the next year. So I think maybe some people get the forbearance and they're paying because they're like, I got it while I could, you know, so I have the option for the next nine months because who knows what's going to happen six months from now. It's like a safety net. It's like an extra protection that's out there. But yeah, it's a, I think it's really good to be safe and aggressive at being safe. And if the news we get is better, then we get to go, wow, it was uh, not as bad as I thought. You know, that's the, I think with everything that everyone is going through right now, the, uh, you know, if we end up going, hey, it wasn't as bad as we thought, in a lot of cases, that would be good news. So the, you know, Paul, any, any final thoughts to add, man? I know the, uh, you know, you've been, tr- you've been traveling and seeing a lot in all parts, parts of real estate. What, what else do you want to tell everybody that's out there? I mean, I think the, the biggest the biggest news is, uh, you know, raising awareness for what is going on uh, out there in terms of the injustices that have taken place. And I think there's time for uh, real change. I think we're going to see real change. I have had, uh, you know, a wake-up call that, that I didn't expect, uh, taking responsibility for things that I didn't uh, know that I should take responsibility for. And so it's, it's, that's, that's work together on this and see what we can see. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it is a, it's a Gandhi, you know, thing is, is be the change, right? That's what Rod Watson was saying in our, in our podcast, be the change you want to see. Uh, and that's, that's a much higher responsibility. And I think we as realtors have an even greater responsibility. So serve your clients um, fairly and, and, and see what proactive steps we can take to, uh, to create a welcome, a welcomeness to all uh, people, and making sure I think, and you know, again, I love things that are measurable, you know, and I would love to see uh, realtors uh, represent at least the same proportion of the ethnic minorities that that uh, that live in our country, um, and open the American dream to to everyone. Yeah, you know the. And all that starts with education. I mean, you, you, you educating yourself about what's going on. You talked about that there has been, you know, so many things that you have learned over the past few weeks and the, and so many things that, that I have learned and the, and I think we have a responsibility as humans to go educate and go do the hard. I remember at the beginning when a lot of this was happening too, there was a lot of, you know, there's a lot of sadness going on with quarantine. There's a lot of, you know, the, the sadness coming, going on with race, right? The, you know, the, the, there were so many problems with that. The videos coming out that just showed like the devastation, right? And I remember a lot, like a few weeks ago, a lot of people were like, I'm not going to watch that video. It's going to make me sick, right? And then really going through the idea to say, no, to educate myself properly, to have an opinion, I need to figure out what's going on. And man, there's some gut-wrenching, you know, heart-changing things going on out there. And the it would be impossible to not be you know, getting new perspective right now. So I would just continue to challenge our listeners to, you know, keep coming on, 
keep listening. I know that sometimes it's hard to go, hey, what are we going to talk about with real estate news today? And, you know, kind of like what Rod told us yesterday. We said, hey, are we still, are are we allowed to go do our business? Are we allowed to market? Are we allowed to do business as usual? And the encouragement and the recommendation that he gave us and I would give all of you is like, yes, don't stop your businesses right now. We need to rebuild. Don't stop your marketing right now. We need to rebuild. But don't act like nothing's going on, right? Don't act like it's business as usual. Don't act like there isn't something. Like you need to address what's going on, share your opinions, educate yourself wherever you are in that stage, and continue with business as you can within these new confines, right? Do the best you can within these confines. Don't, uh, don't put your head in the sand, right? Keep working hard out there, real estate rock stars. We're so glad you're here. The, you know, Paul and I, we would love to chat with you guys more on social media. Come find us on Instagram and Facebook. It's, it's Paul Mark Morris. It's Aaron Muchastegui. It's at RE Rockstars. Did I miss any other places people can find us, Paul? No, that's good. Uh, right, we, love to, we love to hear from you because, you know, we're, we're right back to what you said about not having a fixed perspective. Uh, I'm sure I, I know for sure. And it's one of the things that I did when we said, let's have the conversation. I said, okay, let's have the conversation. Well, let me tell you in advance, I'm not an expert. I'm going to mess this up. Give me, give me a chance to mess this up so we can have the conversation. And, and, and Aaron and I love the, love the input. You know, uh, what are we doing? Great. What can we improve on? We love to hear it from folks. So thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Yeah. And if there's anybody that we should be interviewing, come find us, you know, come find us on there. Come find us at hybendigital.com. Until next time, real estate rock stars. We will see you. Thanks for joining us. Okay. Thank you. Rockstar nation. Thank you for listening to real estate rock stars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful please i need you to pull out your pointing finger yes the one finger that points at people and hit subscribe yes subscribe the more subscribers we get the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like robert kiyosaki barbara corcoran all the players that are on the million dollar listing in the different cities all that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get, so please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there some of them we will read on the show and we love your feedback so thanks guys and i hope you are having a great day oh and also listen if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a a review on itunes please do that too have a great day and thanks so much rockstar nation i really appreciate you This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.